0: Chapter One, the first chapter of Ephesians. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord. thank you, Lord Jesus. You ever messed up and just hated that you did it and so, so wished that you hadn't done it, that you'd been strong and didn't yield and, yes. and did better and, and was stronger and didn't put your foot in your mouth and didn't go down that path that you knew was not right? And the Lord just takes us back. I mean, He's just like, let's, let's have a do-over. You know, when that Lord has a do-over, everything is under the blood. And it just doesn't matter what you did. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, you know, when we go down the road of sin and, and, and disobedience, there, there's plenty. There, the Lord doesn't have to whack us. Sin is the automatic. The wages of sin is everything bad so there's no punishment for people that do bad things it's built in seed time and harvest it's built in the curse it's built in the wages of sin is death it's built in the Lord doesn't have to do anything so we don't have to preach on how bad sin is we've all tasted it and it keeps us on track his goodness keeps us on track so I want to Minister to you this morning a subject that I accidentally tripped into last week and I do mean accidentally I was again it but I ran out of time I I, I put it together on Saturday afternoon I was settled with it and then I went to bed and it's like oh no this is not it I am a hundred miles from the and uh, I thought I'll get up and obey God and I turned over and went back to sleep (laughs) so I got up and just I just That's what I had. I didn't have anything else. Well, it really ministered to me. And so I want to go again. So in Ephesians chapter one, let's look in verse two. It says, grace be to you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Could we just say this morning, I receive his grace because that's written to you right there. If the Lord walked through the door and said, grace to you and peace. We'd say, that was the Lord. Well, that's what this is here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, you know, we could camp there for a week or six. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Well, that's how he sees you. You may see it different, but that's how he sees us. And then in verse five, having predestinated, it was the will of God. He made everything work towards this. This, this is his goalpost. This is his finish line. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children, because Adam had sold us out, didn't he? And so uh, the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, who are we adopted to? Who are we predestined to? To him, according to the good pleasure of his will. So God's not whacking us. He's not depriving us. Well, the Lord knew that'd ruin me if I got it, so he kept me from it. That's That's just selfish thinking. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Now here it is right here. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Let's put that in first person right there and say it together. Uh, He, uh, He has made me accepted in the beloved. Let's do better now. He has made me accepted in the beloved. Now one more time. He has made me accepted in the beloved he has made me, he has made me, he has made me. He has, he has intervened, he has commandeered, he has caused me. He has arranged the kingdom so that you and I are accepted in the beloved. It's just, it just blows up most of this nasty theology about God that says you can't understand him, that you just never know what God's going to do, that God's in control, or some of that trash it's just trash y'all you sometimes you, you uh we, we were switching through stations the other day and there was girls wrestling they were uh what were they doing they were uh in a cage you know you know one of them things and it was too it it's just wrong for girls to be boxing each other uh who won that that that's Doggone, I lost what I was going to say about that now that I'm out there. Well, we we moved through on it. We didn't stay there. But uh, anyway, in whom, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's just such an amazing love letter there in seven verses that he's just telling you smack, smack, smack. I love you, I love you, I love you. Let me just kiss you all over more than anywhere else. Let me hug you up from the top to the bottom. Let me grab you and run off with you. That's what he's saying. And if we would cooperate with that, if we would just let him do what he said he did and wants to keep doing, we'd have a better life. It's not the devil. It's our own resistance to uh, uh, emotions, feelings. We talked about that before the service, how... How they will so let you down, your emotions and your feelings. They will so carry you off to Egypt and to Sodom. So, uh, men may reject you. As a matter of fact, it's guaranteed you'll be persecuted for righteousness sake. But God always accepts us in the beloved. There's a hundred verses that I could read. But I like this King James better that says, He hath made me accepted in the beloved, in the beloved, he has accepted me in the beloved. I, I, I'm like Barry. I got a parking spot, yes. in the in the in the good section. Yes. It's not like okay, you you people in the in the uh, what do you call the upstairs of uh, of a, uh, yeah, the nosebleed section or whatever. This, this where Barry and Melissa used to sit in the stadium. They used to sit up there. Is that right, y'all used to be up high? Pretty high, pretty high. Yeah, okay, well, the point is he's got you on the 50-yard line is what I'm trying to say. And it's just wonderful that we're never rejected. And we all know when we've done bad. We all know when we've... That was a low time or a dark time or a missing time in our life. We all can point to that. We can remember when we were from away from God. Maybe it was relatively speaking. You know, you just... We're barely, compared to somebody else, barely away from God. Matter of fact, they'd say they were never that good in your lowest hour. But the Lord's just never rejected us. He's never pointed his finger at you and said, shame on you. Bad sheep, bad child. He's just never done it. He's never done it. We are accepted in the beloved. There is no rejection in him. So that makes us know that anytime we are rejected... It didn't come from heaven. It never came from Father. It was men rejecting us. It was the devil rejecting you. We don't like to be rejected. One of the main things they say about all people is our need to be accepted, to be included, to be received. And so when we're rejected, it's, it's, it's real hard on us. I listed, I just wrote down things that why men would reject us, why people would reject us. Uh, my first tier was because of fear. They would reject you. Maybe you're a threat to them in some way. Maybe not because you'll beat them up, but maybe you'll, you're, the, you're the candidate for the job that, that, they're the candidate for the job you want. And so they, uh, out of fear, out of racism. None of us know the full import of what the Jews have endured in racism and what different minorities have endured in America and in other nations. None of us know that. That's, that, that. It is still here. It is still being enacted. I am not saying it's been cured or fixed or anything, but it used to be worse than it is. You know, uh, if you watch the movie The Help... You get a sense of of how that one part of that was. Prejudice is a reason that people reject you. They just don't like you. They just didn't ever like people like you, and here you are, and they just don't like you. And they have a slant. They have a judgment. And then you could also just include hatred. There's just hateful people that are looking for someone to hate, and there you are. We believe we'll pour on you for a while. That's one reason people get rejected, and all of us have experienced that. All of us know what that means. Everybody in here has a story. Then another tier I looked at would be just like competition in comparison. Oh, that's what I was talking about a while ago. I didn't get to finish it about the two girls in the cage, was the trash talking. Now, we didn't hear the trash talking, but you could see them trash talking. And you know, if you watch football movies, or football games, they be they they be speaking to one another. <laughs> it's you know it's intimidation. It's just like I, I'm fixing to I'm fixing to put you in another life, and all of that. So competition. There's no there's no love in competition. There's no love in comparison. We don't have to compare you to me or me to someone else the lord's got a place for me i'm accepted in the beloved so he's got a perfect parking spot for me even if it looks like somebody got my spot they didn't get my spot amen so so they they uh they reject us they reject our words and they reject our dreams they're not ready to hear your dreams so people generally are against whatever they don't understand. So if you come up with a new idea or a new dream in your family, if you, if you ever aspired to be something someday and your daddy got a hold of that, you know, you're 6'6 and weigh 300 pounds and you want to be a ballet person, you know, daddy's going to come in on that or something. Then lastly, I said that people reject us because of pride. They, they're against everybody that's not like them. We all are in some degree. And so pride, they just, you embarrassed them. And so they reject you. You, you didn't, your lifestyle or your, your aspirations, your dreams, they don't like that. It's not what they do with your life if they were in control. We've all, I think most all of us have gone through that when we left home. We may have had a dream or a, a, a desire, and somebody at home, either because they didn't get to live their life out and they want to live vicariously through yours, or if they just don't think that's good. I know my folks didn't have a clue. I mean, like, no clue. I went off to school, and they didn't know what I was majoring in. They didn't know. They, I think my mother knew where I was going went four hours away. And, uh, but they, they were I was totally a non-issue in their life. Uh, so sometimes people reject you when you offer to help. That seems strange, but I've tried to help people, and they, they weren't ready for the help I was. I saw they had a need more than they did, so I was going to help them, and they weren't ready for my help. Hallelujah. Uh, then we talked about last week about the way of communication is word, gesture, and spirit. All communication is by words or gestures. You can roll your eyes in front of somebody that after they've said something, you roll your eyes and you didn't say a word. But you wrote the book and threw it at them. No doubt. Or a little smirk. Right. Right. You know, just. And then spirit. Spirit. Things are communicated in the spirit. We know when someone's against us without them saying a word. They'll be behind the door. We know they're against us or for us, and they don't even say anything. So I like what Dr. Cole said. This is one of the best things he ever said to my life. It's changed me. It's, uh, it's kept me out of trouble. He said of us, we minister for results, not for reactions. And that has slowed my wagon down when I do something right and good and correct, and I'm waiting for their reaction. I'm waiting for them to say, boy, Michael, you, you, you get my good, you get the cookie award. You, you, I, I appreciate that. They don't say anything. And you've stretched and pressed and pushed and sacrificed and gone in for them, and, and it worked. And they don't say a word. They don't say kiss my foot or thank you or goodbye or anything. And so we have to say, and I'm saying this a lot, I minister for results. This is a long-term project, and they don't even have to know that I'm doing a good thing in their life. I'm going to get results out of this. So that's what we did in the offering. We, we 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 minister. You 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 might say, well, the pastor ought to look in the offering while while uh, he's up there and count it all out and go whoo hoo. But see, we're we're not. We're ministering for results. Your seed is going to put you in a better place. Amen. But let's let's look in Psalm one uh, just for a moment. I. I'm kind of when I do these things, I'm kind of scholarly. I like I want to go through all the reasons yes and for no and for maybe, but I do know that rejection's not all negative. Don't you believe that we should reject what the Lord rejects? What He's against, we're against, and what He's for, we're we're all in. But what He, if He's against it, He said in Psalm 1:1, He said, "Blessed is the man that walketh not that rejects the counsel of the ungodly." He said, that's good. Reject that. Uh, He said, blessed is the man that uh, that uh, rejects those that stand in the way of sinners or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He said, you ought to reject that. So I've got my rejecter up. How about you? So I'm so we're 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 going back and forth. We ought to accept people, but sometimes we reject them. Well, we, you know, you you pick up a hitchhiker or someone that's homeless, and you really don't want to take them home. Could we could we be honest here? You want to throw them a tin skin and tell them I'll drive you to McDonald's, but so we reject people, and it's not even all necessarily bad. In First uh, Corinthians ten twenty one, let me read this one to you. First Corinthians ten twenty one. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. He said, you're going to have to reject something. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. So he says there, we got to reject something, don't we? We cannot just take everything that comes down the pike and say, well, you know, the Lord's in control. And he sent this evil thing and I just got to take it. We got to reject some things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Do y'all like to turn in your Bible yeah. to verses? Oh, we we'll just tell, tell it like it is this morning. We don't put the scriptures up for you. We put it up there for people that don't. If you ever, if you, have you ever seen someone that's never looked at a Bible before and you tell them First John, and they're going straight to the table of contents because they have no clue. I've been there. Have you been there? So we help them. They can, and what it does is the reason we do it is we want everyone to know that what we're doing is reading out of the Bible. God's Word. God has weight. He has jurisdiction in our life. He has presence. So we all want to say, thus saith the Lord. And we point to that. And I use lots of scriptures. It's not because you don't believe me. It's just like, you don't believe me. I don't believe me sometimes, but I believe the word. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, he says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So what's he saying there? Reject being yoked together with unbelievers. Y'all see that? It's pretty plain, isn't it? For He explains it. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what a concord hath Christ with Belial? That's uh, a, a chief devil. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the holy God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, Reject them. Would you say that's another way of saying reject? Wherefore come out from among them and be separate. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So the, he says, reject them. Well, I like them. And they give me a ride to work. And, and they, they, they babysit my kids. And I like them. Well, the word says, reject them. In another place, it says, don't even have fellowship with them do not eat a meal with them now almost all Christians just can't bear that because we want to be nice to people except for the people that we don't want to be nice to (laughs) in Galatians well let's look at Galatians it's right there just go east one one book Galatians chapter four let's look in verse 13 we're talking about things that we should reject He said in verse 13, "Ye know how through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the gospel unto you unto you at the first. And my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despise not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul is telling the church at Galatia, I came and y'all liked me. You accepted me. In verse 15, where is then the blessedness ye spake of? You said you liked to me, but I'm not feeling the love is what he was saying. For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked at your own lives and have given them to me. He said, you really were loving me. But then verse 16, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. So there's something that people reject you for is when you tell the truth. Now, the word says to speak the truth in love just because it's true. And just because you know it doesn't mean you're to tell it. Until you can tell it in love, you ought to just keep that little revelation to yourself. Amen. I looked up the word rejection. It means to refuse to accept. It means to cast out, discard, or throw away as imperfect, useless, or unsatisfactory. Have you ever had that feeling come on you? We have. You can usually point to the day, and certainly the person, and can often quote the words or the gesture or the spirit that it came from. I told you last week that I had a, a, a close family member that rejected me one time, just in a fit of emotion, of anger. Just said things that no, nobody should tell anybody, much less kinfolks, family. And yet there it was. And I was just dumbfounded. I just couldn't believe that this had been said. And I had a lot of choices at that moment. You, you watch movies and read books where they, they loaded up their marbles and put their pocket knife in and you never saw them again. That's what makes a good movie. Somebody got out of sorts, said or did, and somebody said, I don't, I don't have to take that from you. And they were gone. I'm glad I took it. I've had a few people, very rarely, that have called me up on the phone and chewed my little life out. Just just laid waste. And usually I don't take any of that. But every once in a while, I'll just sit back there and, and, uh, and let them finish. It's all on them then. Because after they get finished, they're like, what have I done? <laughs> I have just chewed out Michael Billings. Uh, Life as I know it will, will be different from now on. <laughs> but it's just like you couldn't reject me. I'm unrejectable. How about you? Because I know who I am in him. It's not anything personal. I do dumb stuff, like on the calendar and... By the watch, I, I, I do dumb stuff regularly. Not as regular as I used to. So, uh, I wrote down here that rejection or the fear of rejection dominates, listen, dominates a lot of people. They get up and you and I are thinking about this is a day the Lord has made. I'm rejoicing. I'm glad in it. This is going to be a hot shot day. I'm going over And I'm going to have the best today. But a lot of people don't get up that way. They dread going to work. They dread their family. They dread their friends. Their sin is ever before them because they can't get it out of their life. They can't deal with it according to the word. So they're guilty. They're ashamed. They're embarrassed. Every day they get up and they have to face it these are the people that consider things about taking their life. This is people that want to move. They want to get out of that environment, get away from those people. And it's a hell. It's a hell for them every day. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a hell if you ever have. But we all know how it feels enough to know how it could feel to be rejected or to have the fear of being rejected. And it hardens those people. It, uh, we've looked, looked at it before where it causes people to reject you because actually they're afraid you're going to reject them. So they put you off first. They, 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 they're ugly. They're mean to you so that you don't have the whatever to come back and reject them. It's a terrible life. It's a losing life. It's an empty life. It's, it's a sad life. Considering that we're all accepted in the beloved. Considering the truth that we let people, the devil, we wrestle not against people, but we let the devil use people to put us in a place that God never ordained and that Jesus was sent to rescue from us. So I'm gonna say this is a victory key. Every once in a while you get a victory key and you get to get up on Sunday and tell it, but the victory key is don't take rejection personal. So let's all point to ourselves with your fingers, say, "Hey, hey you, don't take rejection personal. It's not you. It's little people. You know, they say hurt people hurt people. All those things are true in some dimension, but it's not you. You are just the unfortunate person that's standing there when they blew up, the volcano erupted in, and you caught it all, and then you took it personal. And then all of a sudden your life's destroyed. That relationship is off the rocks unless you can go back and recover it. Uh, they don't know what to do. They're embarrassed. They don't know how to save face and come back to you. You know the, you know the drill. All these things happen. And we all have a trail or could have a trail of, of rejection emotions in our past that we lost those people in our lives. Let me tell you, lifelong, you know how long it takes to have a lifelong friend? A long time. And you just can't chunk them. You can't just say, well, I don't have to take that from you. When in fact, maybe you do have to take them. Because sometimes the Lord has to send somebody to you or me that can tell us something that's fixing to save us from dying, from losing it, from, from going off the cliff, from divorcing someone or from whatever. And he sends somebody and we take it personal. And so we shoot the messenger. We just are mad at them because they were there to help you get free. We're all messed up in that. So don't take it personally don't take it personally. It's not you. Yes, they said your name and yes, they used personal things to, to uh, direct it to you personally, but it's not you at all because I'm accepted in the beloved. He's okay with me and if he's okay, we don't care who's not okay. We wish they'd do better. We wish we didn't have to go and wash that off and, and deal with the emotions that came up immediately after they said or did that and how we would just like to and then just go choke them. Just choke them. Look see if the Lord's looking. If he's not looking, just go choke the life out of them. Well, I mean, we can't, but, but you cannot deny that feeling didn't come. I don't have to take this mess from you. After all, and then we go into the after alls. And all of a sudden, we build a case that we cannot hardly unbuild. And we've been rejected And we then in turn reject somebody else. Somebody ever tell you what they think about what you're doing or what you said? And so you have a little library of things you've always wanted to say to them, but you just never had the place. Until they said that, you kept it. But now they said that and you're not keeping it. So then you blow up and you get off the whole original subject. Y'all know what a fight does between close friends? They get off the subject because all of a sudden everything that they've ever done to you or thought about you, you want to vindicate yourself and so you throw down and suddenly there's war. The Bible says where there's strife, there's every evil work. Every evil work. I said every evil work. That's just about everything that's evil. We've got to stay out of strife. So we got to master rejection. And the best way is to not take it personal. And the way we do that is we realize Jesus was sinless. He had no competition. He had no comparison in his life. He had no history or past or experience that he's trying to make up for. And yet he was way rejected. I, I wrote down in Isaiah 53:3, it says he was despised and rejected of men. Do you all know he was? They took him to the cross. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as it were, we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Jesus was rejected. In John 1, verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Jesus was rejected. In John 15, the servant is not greater than his Lord, If they have persecuted me, they have also persecuted you. And then finally in 2 Timothy 3, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Get over it. It's not you. It's already been predicted. You're going to get some pushback. You're going to get some vitriol. You're going to get some carnal anger directed at you, but it's not at you at all. They're mad at God. They're mad at themselves. They're mad at somebody else. They're mad at themselves. Did I mention they're mad at themselves? And they're mad at themselves and they just, and they can't get a hold of themselves. And so there you are, an innocent bystander. And bless God, this is going to feel better. I'm going to rip your head off. That's how it goes. Well, however you want to say it, that's how it goes. So he was, reject it and we're, we're we're with him we're with him so if they throw stuff at him they're throwing stuff at you now sometimes we do have a bonehead play as Colin used to say you know we, we do mess it up and we did get out of our station and we did offend somebody and we did act angrily and, and ugly and, and all those things and we deserve pushback so you just take it and say, okay, that, that's, how they, that's how they told me off. But I, the Lord Jesus, is gonna, I'm going to confess my sin and he's forgiving me of my sin. And then he's going to, what does it say? Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So that little episode, let's just pretend it didn't exist. It doesn't happen. So I'm going to, I want to just for a moment say, how did Jesus handle rejection? Because he was a man. It wasn't like he fluttered down as God. The word says he divested himself of his divinity and became a man. That's why he had to be born of a virgin is because he, he was human. He had humanity. And so how did he deal with it? Because it hurt. Y'all, the crucifixion hurt. The, the spear in his side, the, the, the nails in his feet, they hurt. Only as you can imagine. And it was worse than what the movies have said. Isaiah tells us that his that his visage, his countenance as a man was marred. He was unrecognizable as a man after they got through whipping his face at the post. They did everything short of killing him. So he was a man. And he when he was rejected, he didn't like it. But he conquered it. And the way he conquered it is, is he didn't receive it as it was sent. We talked about last week how he was grieved because sorrow grieves love. When you love somebody and they get out of bounds or when you love somebody and you get out of bounds, you reject them. You tell them they're a yellow dog, no good, sap sucking, lily licking, on and on and on. We don't want to go too far there, but (laughs) the words are different, but the spirit is the same. And then when you get through and they've taken it, if they're not taking your head off, they're taking it, and you just feel so bad because you've just despaired somebody that was in your life enough to be able to say those things. You know, if you go in Walmart and just pick out an innocent bystander and start telling them off, you know, that's not the same. The only people that we contend with are people that we love or that we esteem. So what happens? Well, Jesus, when he was rejected... He was sorrowful. Um, Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven says, "O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered my children together; these are the rejectors, even as a hen gathered her chicks under her wings, and ye would not." He was sorrowful when he was rejected. I have this persona, this perspective. That, that I am good for people. I just think I'm a blessing. And wherever I go, I'm looking to be a blessing. I'm not, it's not in me, I just, I'm a carrier of Him. And so I'm looking for someone to, to speak His words or to speak His heart, to speak out of His love. I'm looking, I, I don't think somebody's enduring me. I think they need me even if they think they're enduring me. You ought to think different. Because this is how people are changed. It's how you and I were changed. Someone intervened in your personal space, your your, uh, self, and said things and did things that were beyond the pale that they didn't have to do. They were nice. Or they corrected you and said, that's not going to fly. Or says, that hurts my feelings. Don't say that. And it changed us. I, I know you can point back to some instance. All of us could because this is, this is on the house. This is everywhere. This isn't just like one person or two. And so Jesus spoke the truth in love and then he sorrowed in their rejection. And that's what I do in a sense as I speak the truth in love or I endeavor to get into someone's life or, or I send them a birthday present when they've told me don't send me nothing. And I send them a Christmas present when their children don't even know that I've sent them a Christmas present or whatever, whatever. It just goes on and on. And it's like, but we minister for results, not for reaction. So we don't care what the reaction is. You know, mad at me. It matters none. Love never fails. So when we're rejected, we accept. We know it's not us. We know it's not taking it personal. And we sorrow that what we came to bring them, which was life and life to the full, like Jesus brought, when they reject that, we're sorrowful because we love them. And what we brought to them in love was going to be helpful, an increase. And what's the matter? Well, it's just our old nasty emotions and our prejudices and our hatred and our insecurity and our defensiveness and all those things that would say, well, if that's the way you feel about it, and then here comes the mess. Y'all know the mess? I know, we've all quoted the mess. That if that's the way you're going to treat me, well, here's what I think of you, double dog. And we just let them have it. Well, then the hole just gets deeper and nobody can get out. Psalm 41:9 9 says, uh, David said this. I'm going to read it to you. David said, yea, mine own familiar friend. Y'all remember this? Yea, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. And I looked up the word requite and it says make amends. He said, Lord, this this one slapped the snot out of me. And Lord, I'm trying to f- get my neck around to turn the other cheek. Help me, help me Lord, have something to say back to them yes. that'll bring increase to them because yes. I'm not taking it personally. Now, I, you got to think pretty high of yourself to think that you are being rejected personally. You've you got to have some influence. you got to have some power. you got to have some, some clout that if someone went after you personally, it's not you at all. It's not me at all. Uh, one time I went down to do a meeting in a, in a city and I was gonna bring a presentation to a, a group of people. And uh, somebody said, we're gonna eat before we have the meeting and they had Kentucky Fried Chicken everywhere. Oh, boy, I'm all in. Original recipe, I'm all in. So, uh, so I took somebody with me, and we put, our, we put our Bibles down on a round table. There was, there was probably eight of them in there, and we uh, in the middle of the room, and went up and got, got us a piece of chicken and some green beans and a cookie. And we came back, and everybody else started getting in line behind us. Now, let me start. Before that even happened, no one said much to me coming in. I was an invited guest. And the pastor had invited me. And so we sat down, we started eating our chicken, and everybody in the room started coming and finding them a table. Well, guess where they didn't sit? These are round tables that take eight people. And every table in that room was full, except him and me. Wow. I, I, I was trying not to feel it, but I like... Well, what's going on here? What what is this? I, I'm the guest. I've been invited. I've got something to say that they want to hear, and here I am. Every table's full, and and here I am by myself. So I get up and make my presentation. I thought it went real well, and it was after it's over. I went and sat down, and so the uh, the MC got up and he started talking about everything but what I had talked about. Everything, I mean everything. It was. He never mentioned what I said. And then when it was over, he took the pulpit and put it in a closet and went to the back. And all the men went to the back with him. (laughs) So I said, it's time to ride. (laughs) And we left without saying anything to anybody. That was a hard thing for me. I'm just not used to being rejected. But then I had to put my giddy up on and just say, ah, we're not going to take that personal. I had something here to help them with. I had a load of stuff that would have put them over, and I did. I don't have it for everybody, and I'm not an expert on many things, but in that area, I am well-versed and had help, and I just got rejected. And the man that went with me got rejected, apparently, because he was with me. (laughs) Have you ever been rejected? Of course you have. I'm going to tell you, everybody in here has got a story just like what I just said. I only told that, not for you to figure it out. Please don't try. It doesn't matter. But we've all been rejected. We all have a story. And some of you could be, at least on broadcast, we'll say everybody has a past in here, still brooding over what happened years ago. And you can account for it by detail. You know exactly how it went down. You know exactly what they said, how they felt, who sided with them against you, who wouldn't side with you. It's like I just took a whipping from your, your friend and you're not... So we all have a story. We got to get over that story. We're sorrowful that they missed it. I'm sorrowful for that man that missed it and, and all that meeting was. I, it could be that it'll turn out amazing. It could be that they'll, somebody will call and say, that is the best meeting I've been in in a long time. It doesn't matter. So what did Jesus do to deal with rejection? First of all, he didn't receive it as it was sent. He didn't take it personal. He was the son of God. He came with the super good news. You don't have to die in your sin. And they rejected him. And secondly... He moved on past rejection. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 1, you know, in verse 8, uh, let me just, it's just one verse. Let me just read it to you. There's a discourse here of the Holy Ghost. And he says, but ye shall, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses upon, uh, unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts. Well, Jerusalem had rejected him, would you all say, big time. He said, ah, let's just pretend that didn't happen. Let's just send some witnesses back and work on the other ones and work on the ones that rejected us. That's what the Lord Jesus did. In uh, Acts chapter 18, Uh, let me read that one to you. It's just one verse. Acts 18, 6. a little faster please and when they opposed themselves and blasphemed he shook his raiment and said unto them your blood be upon your own heads I am clean and henceforth I will go into the Gentiles a lot of people get wiped out of the ministry because somebody rejected them a lot of people get knocked out of their families because someone rejects them you got any kin folks that come to mind that kind of float up into your thinking as I say that can folks that you could sing the they done me wrong song sure you do I mean if you don't you, you, we shall pray that memory will come upon you because you, you just you're not able to recover from that which may be good so the Lord Jesus said let's move on Paul said let's just move on this is just how it is why do we think that it's unusual for people to reject us? But, well, it's our heart. We don't mean to offend anybody and we don't mean to hurt your feelings, but the truth does. The truth does. And I tell you, we're preaching the truth here. And we could be rejected. River Church, you could be rejected. You could say, what's wrong with us? It's not us. It's the truth. And if you ever listen to something that's not the truth, that's a... Uh, uh, God's in control and God puts stuff on you, you know, or you never know what God's going to do. If you ever listen to that, people are lapping it up. They're drinking it up. They're like, that's what I want to hear. But it's not the truth. So the truth will draw a little fire. You can't blame everything. You got bad breath, you know, and, and they, they reject you because you got bad breath. You can't say that's on the word. That's on truth. You need to go gargle. Amen. My last scripture... Well, you've got to move on. You've got to move on with exes. I was thinking about exes. All my exes live in Texas, they say. A lot of people have exes. <laughs> I don't have any exes. I, just just to get the record straight. I don't have any exes. That's a song. But lots of people do have exes. And they just, they just when you bring up their name, they just turn into another person because they're not over it. They're not over it. And you defend your faith. You, you say, Well, this is what the word says. Speak to the mountain. The mountain will move. And they mock you. They reject you. Ah, you've got to get over that. That's not you that said it, it's Jesus that said that. You're just quoting the master truth teller. Don't take it personal. Just believe it and move the mountain. While you're moving it, move it into their backyard. <laughs> so we got parents we got in-laws we got steps y'all got any stepbrothers stepsisters you got any stepmother stepfathers the wicked stepmother you know that's a stereotype you got a mother-in-law that's another stereotype everybody knows they're the meanest people on the planet i mean everybody knows that don't they no they're not but everybody has a story about one that they can tell Everybody has a story about a mean pastor or an incompetent pastor or about a Christian that did them wrong or the pastor that you were sitting in your aisle, your pew or whatever, and they talked to the couple behind you, the pastor went down, and then went across the aisle and talked to that couple and then went across the aisle and talked to the couple in front of you, but they missed you. We're going to war. And they do. And it's just like, oh, you are touchy, touchy, touchy. we got to get over rejection and just not take it personally. Oh, I love the scripture, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, wherein he hath made me accepted in the beloved. So we're going to get over it this morning. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over your past. Because nothing in your past can go forward. Only the word can go forward. You. You had not got any room for the past. Even the victories and the testimonies you have, they're just, they're, they're already done. They already did their work. They're laid back. They caused increase for you and me. But really, if there's nothing in the future, there's nothing. I said, if there's nothing in the future, your past doesn't count much. So we've got to get over the stuff that, that was mean to us. I've helped a lot of people. Have you helped a lot of people? Would y'all say amen? We have. We've helped. Don't be, don't be false uh, false pride. We have helped a lot of people. The greater one in us has helped other people. You go, well, that's, that's God. Well, you ought to have seen God before the people started getting involved. He can't do anything without people. I didn't say he won't. He can't do anything without people. You and I can't do anything without him, but he... Can't do anything without us. It's our words. It's our touch. It's our laying on of hands. It's our impartation. It's our encouragement. It's our, uh, uh, what, what does the word say? Uh, exhort one another to love and good works. Well, why doesn't the Lord exhort them? Well, he did. But if you don't read this, it's going to have to come through somebody. So we are the key in the kingdom. So we've got to get over some stuff. It's limiting you and I. I'm getting over stuff all the time. The more words you carry, the more persecution, the more rejection you get. And I tell you, you have to not take it personal. I take it none. Well, I might take it for an afternoon. Deborah's <laughs> heard me rail against a few things that I, while I was working it out. While I was getting to the love part. Until <laughs> I got to the love part, I was in the Michael part. I, hey. Why, they're not going to do that again. I can tell you right now. I'm fixing this. <laughs> so, so she handcuffs me to the chair until I get over it, and then we walk in love. Let's just get over it right now. Would you bow your head with me? Let's just get over it. Now, it's a, it's a decision. It's not a feeling. So it could be that you don't feel anything in these things we're about to say. And it could be that feelings will come back when you get away from this particular moment. But feelings are not how we live. We live by faith. So say this after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release everybody and everything that has offended me That's persecuted me and rejected me. I give place to other people's opinions, but I give first place to the word. I now release these people in Jesus name. Be released. I hold no thought about you and I hope for the best in your future. Lord, give me an opportunity Lord, give me an opportunity to bring your word into their life. In Jesus' name, amen. So them exes from Texas got to go. Those mother-in-laws, you don't have to like her. We never said that you got to go eat supper with these people. That's a a misconception. Oh, we we forgave them, therefore we got to go out to eat. That's not it at all. But you're a blessing. But you may not fellowship with them because they still may be meaner than a snake. Is that right? You forgave them, but they're still meaner than a snake. And you're not going anywhere with them. Amen. Well, let's sing a song together. Y'all okay with that?